Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Thank you for joining me to another episode. Before we get started with today's featured guest, I want to ask for a quick favor. If you've been liking the show, please go to iTunes right now and leave us a quick review. This would help the show so much. So let's get started with today's future guest. It's Abel James. Welcome, man. Thank you so much for having me. Abel is a best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur. His podcast has been rated as number one podcast in more than eight countries. Abel's award-winning web series, Fat Burning Man, has helped millions reclaim their health. Abel, Take a minute to fill in some gaps from the intro and give us a little glimpse to your personal life. <laughs> sure. Well, we uh, we just spent the last two years or so traveling around, my wife and I. And uh, fortunately, we work together now, which is great. So we were trying to take advantage of that before we uh, settle down, get old and boring and have kids, hopefully in the next few years. Uh, but uh, in, in all those travels, we were kind of going city shopping to see if we could find anything but that we like more than Austin, Texas. And we couldn't. So we're right back here. <laughs> awesome, man. We'll come back to that a bit later. But I want to jump right in, Abel, if you don't mind. Let's do it. As an entrepreneur, Abel, what is the one thing that you do that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? No, it's a great question, and it's uh, not what most people are think. They would they would probably imagine that it would be this one huge thing that changes everything. That's what everyone's looking for, right? That magic bullet. But it's really the uh, the kind of ethereal concept that those tiny little habits that you have every single day. It's those adding up over time that build to those big crescendos, that build to those big successes. So what I would say in, in terms of advice for that for that one thing, if you want it, would be to craft your tiny little habits that you have throughout the day. Most of the things that you're doing without realizing it, um, craft those intentionally so that they're building you toward either building a skill that'll make you better at what you do or you know, carving out time to, to strategize and plan your life is also really important. Uh, reading, writing, some sort of creative art, I think, is, is really productive as well and good for your brain. Eating well, sleeping well, uh, you know, getting out there and moving. Put all of those little things into your calendar every single day and stick to them. And if you do that, it'll build over time to uh, the life that you really want. So out of all things you just talked about, if you had to recommend only one habit to everybody in the audience, something that really contributes to your success, what would that be? Uh, yeah, I, I think it would be number one, prioritize your health. And uh, most people will only do that after some sort of trauma or after they get sick. I would say just number one, pr try to preempt that if you can. Uh, and get a handle of your health. So that that means eating well, getting out there and moving, sleeping well, all those all those various things. And number two, I would say uh, do work that makes you better at what you do. What I mean by that is is once you kind of find your little thing, that thing that other people say, oh, that would be so hard for me to do, or I don't know if I can do that. You know, I could never do that. If anyone has ever told you that about something, start doing that thing and get better. At doing that thing, and 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 once you do, uh, generally passion is there 
whether you like it or not. And uh, and you just have to keep after it. And then you can truly become world class. Interesting. Let's go back to your journey as an entrepreneur. And you had a really interesting about section on your uh, web page. You said that you lost 20 pounds in 40 days. What was the reason that you got started with fitness? And what was the reason for you to take that great leap to start prioritizing your health and get healthy? Yeah, well, it's been a long and, and bumpy journey, but I actually started kind of in the world of alternative health. Uh, as an infant, my mom, uh, she's a nurse practitioner, but she became an herbalist uh, and and author in the kind of like natural health space about how to heal uh, with, with food as medicine, with plants as medicine, and alternative kind of ancient healing practices. So I kind of came from that world. And then when I went to college and uh, had big fancy loans, I got a big fancy consulting job after that. For the first time in my life, you know, in my early 20s, I had great health insurance and I wanted to take advantage of it. And so I went to the doctor and tried to basically prevent all of the, the diseases that are out there and make sure I was on the best plan because uh, you might have smelled by now that I'm a type A overachiever <laughs> type. And uh, so, that, you know, long story short, first diet I'd ever been on my life, all of a sudden I was, I was trying to keep fat to an absolute minimum, uh, eat almost no dietary cholesterol. And, um, you know, eat less, exercise more. I was running 30 to 50 miles a week. And over the course of the next year or so, I, uh, I gained 30 pounds. I was on about a half dozen different prescription medications. And clearly it wasn't working for me. And uh, it took my, uh, my apartment building actually burning down uh, one night. I, I came home and it was just gone. Kind of like the Fight Club scene, right? Yeah, kind of, kind of like that. And um, it, so it took that to kind of rattle me uh, into looking at my actual reflection in the mirror and seeing that even though I was trying to be healthy for the first time in my life, you know, as healthy as possible, that it clearly wasn't working. So it was, it was really going. It was abandoning what I had learned from the fitness magazines and from the, uh, the the doctors in terms of diet and exercise, and and looking at it from a different perspective that allowed me to get to the shape that I'm in now. Uh, and, and that's how I help other people by really embracing that world of preventative medicine. Uh, food is medicine as well. Eating real food and, and nourishing your body and life uh, through that means. What are some first steps uh, you recommend to everybody in the audience who are thinking about getting healthy, getting fit? Because we have a lot of busy entrepreneurs yeah. listening to us right now. And uh, it's hard to find the time for fitness, even though we all know that it's important. What are some sure. uh, key tips you would recommend to people just getting started? The biggest myth is that you have to work out all the time if you want to be fit or lean or healthy. Uh, when people say that they're out of shape, that's usually what they say when they're carrying too much fat. But that... Uh, you know, at least 80 plus percent of it comes from diet, not from the way that you're you're working out or even if you're not working out at all. So uh, long story short, once again, I was on an ABC TV show uh, th this past year and the man that I was working with coaching, he had a, uh, he was 352 pounds and 52 percent body fat. So uh, a very large man. And he had a, a cracked tibia and he had broken his neck also years before in a car accident. So he really couldn't do that type of working out that most people are talking about. I just had him walking and through dietary means almost exclusively. Uh, he lost 16 pounds the first week. He lost uh, 50 pounds in the first, I think off the top of my head, 50 pounds in the first six weeks. And he lost 87 pounds in three and a half months. And so that's just going out and, and, and doing some walking. So once you have your diet dialed in, 
you'd be amazed what you can achieve from a body composition standpoint. Uh, and that gives you enough energy to actually want to do a little bit of exercise. So it's really thinking about it in the opposite way than most people do. So diet first and then working out. Exactly. So if you run for 30 minutes, you're going to burn, I don't know, 300, 400 calories. And if you drink a beer, that's like, what, 250? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so actually, I just read a, a study today that came out that made me laugh a little bit because I'm wearing a Fitbit right now. And I think a lot of people wear those step trackers or activity trackers, right? And the study said that the people who, who wear those actually gain more weight or lose less weight than the people who don't wear those. And, I, you know, the well, the article didn't necessarily say, but what I would guess is probably happening there is that people are overestimating uh, the amount that exercise matters in terms of losing weight. So, you know, if, if you look down at your watch and it's just like you hit 12,000 steps today, that sounds like a lot, right? So you're going to eat that extra cookie. You're going to have that extra beer. Uh, and, and so I think if you understand that, most people don't know that, right? But if you understand that mechanism, then there's probably a good way to to make sure that that doesn't happen to you. But it's it's interesting, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I think you gave some really good actionable advice and tips for everybody who's listening right now. Able to want to go back on your journey as an entrepreneur. Have you always had the DNA of an entrepreneur? I. I think I have, but it's manifested in different ways. You know, like I, I wouldn't think of about this necessarily as entrepreneurial, but when I was uh, an early teenager, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire, you know, and uh, so I, I learned that we didn't have cable television, so I learned how to t uh, play a bunch of different instruments. And so I made uh, a CD all myself on my computer that that crashed every 15 seconds, playing the, the drums, bass, guitars, saxophones, clarinet, flute, uh, keyboards and and singing also and so it's like um coming from that that's super entrepreneurial right and, and and i think anyone who has that drive to do kind of bizarre things like that for no reason you might wind up being an entrepreneur because um we're a little bit wacky so let me get it straight you are an entrepreneur fitness freak musician you wear a lot of hats i'm a weird dude yeah it's uh but i think you know it really all of these things extend to each other and inform each other. These skills at some point, you know, you get it sounds strange to say, but you get good enough at, at the guitar or singing that it makes it a lot easier to get there in, from a fitness perspective. You know that if you if you dedicate yourself to doing those little things every day, then they'll add up over time, like I said before, to developing that skill. And when people see me now, even like a, a couple of friends at this entrepreneurs event, I was just at, they, they said, wow, it looks like you've bulked up in the past couple of years. Um, I don't feel like I have, uh, and I haven't really tried to, but over the course of two years, you know, more muscles have been built on the muscles that were there before. And that's, that's what happens with your body. Uh, if you're doing it the right way, you're, you're developing and hopefully you're getting better with time and more efficient and stronger and faster instead of worse. Abel, I know that you've had a lot of success as an entrepreneur, as a fitness guy, as an author, but I want to talk about worst entrepreneurial moment because it <laughs> always hasn't been easy for you. Take us through that story that really shaped you. Oh yeah. I mean, okay. So I, I grew up, my dad was a stonemason and I grew up being a uh, mason's tender, which basically just means that you're cleaning up the, all of the enormous messes that are made by, you know, blasting stones and using uh, mortar and stuff like that. And, and mostly carrying those five gallon fish buckets of cement up and down ladders up to the roof. And, uh, I remember, you know, uh, 
one particular day when we were working on a chimney and I was just like sweeping up the mess like every other day. And I just almost collapsed out of just pure desperation. I'm like this. I I hate this. I, I don't really hate things. I'm a pretty positive guy. And just there was something about it where I'm like, this is not for me. This type of work um, isn't it doesn't do it for me. And then I had, interestingly enough, a very an, another moment that was kind of similar to that when I was in between um, consulting projects. So I was just working on my own time and I was just writing songs full time. I was playing guitar and writing songs. And ultimately, I played, you know, like 250 shows in in uh, in a year and went on tour and stuff. But I felt that same sinking feeling that it's like, this isn't enough. I'm not challenging myself enough. I, I kind of need to do more and different things. So I think it's, it's really all about that constant challenge to keep yourself in the zone where you're feeling your best. And I think you feel your best when you can, when you can uh, understand from an intellectual standpoint, but even more than that, feel from an emotional standpoint that you're moving forward. You need to, you know, feel like there's momentum to what you're doing. And if you're not doing enough, then you kind of, you lose that. You lose that, that meaning that you have for doing your work. 250 shows and it still wasn't enough for you. You're definitely the type A player. Uh, Abel, tell me, what are some things you want people to take away from those two stories? It's that there is no destination. Uh, it's a, it's a cliche and you hear it all the time, but it, it's not until you start bumping into people up at the top, you know, in the, in the past few years, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, uh, you know, meet a lot of people who are either extremely financially successful or, you know, A-list celebrities or Harvard medical doctors and everything in between. Uh, and, and you find that no matter where someone is in their life, they're, they're usually lacking something. They're a little bit incomplete and so are you. And you don't just like make a million dollars or make a billion dollars and then all of a sudden all your problems are solved. You don't get perfect beach abs, you know, and lose 50 pounds or whatever, have this perfect body and all of your problems are, are solved. Uh, you, so you need to appreciate those those little moments that you have every single day and live your life every single day. Not Not reach to this thing that is supposed to make you happy but actually live it day to day. And that's the challenge, you know, being happy in the present. Moment. But that's that's what you got to do. Abel, it's nice to know that you have some weaknesses as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd say my weakness uh, in a lot of ways would be slowing down. I can be really intense. And so um, it took me, a, it still comes out a lot of the time, but I really need to work hard on being relaxed, you know, when I'm around my family and, and, and friends and just totally letting everything go because I, I love the work. I love thinking. And a lot of times I'm kind of in my own head or writing in my journal or something like that or playing music. Um, and so sometimes it, it feels like I have to do this hard shift into hanging out with everyone else and just totally just being there, relaxing, you know? Do you see yourself being in your head a lot and not present actually? In a way, yeah. I think because uh, especially I have the, the I'm an artist type. Um, and my brothers are too. And so sometimes you feel like you're, you more need to come down and interface with the world sometimes <laughs> than actually being a part of the world. You feel like an observer of it and you need to force yourself to be a participant in a way. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that as well. A lot of people who are, you know, in business, um, they might not be as extroverted as they would appear. It's something that they've worked on, right? It's something that they challenge themselves with. And uh, that's definitely something I've got. <laughs> yes, uh, being present 
is quite challenging often and at least for me meditation really helps able i want to talk about your core business what is something that is really working for you right now it would i would say it would be right now looking forward instead of looking backward i think a lot of people right now are are trying to start businesses that would have worked really well in the 20th century um, but obviously things have changed so quickly that we don't even understand the changes that are happening so looking to the to the future and knowing that you know it's probably not a good idea to start a magazine right now or a uh, you know book publisher or uh, someone who prints DVDs or CDs you know a lot of the businesses that are being built right now are, are built with those assumptions you know that that five ten years from now that big magazines newspapers uh, big uh, TV networks for example will still be the head honchos and I'm just not so sure that's true so um, Looking toward the future is really important and embracing the uncertainty uh, is, is even more important. Are you always trying to predict the future and then adjust? I try to. Yeah, I, I try. You know, one of the reasons I'm able to rank so high, like have a number one podcast, number one app and, and number one in, in books and hit the New York Times list and then be on a TV show and do so well is because of that. You're trying to get get to a place um, right before something happens, you know, like you're, you're looking for the wave and then you try to hit it. Um, and that's, that's something that I've always tried to do. You see emerging technologies and you try to see how well they work. That's what it, so that's what I did with, with the apps and the, in the podcasts as well. But then also you see that I kind of transferred over and I did a traditional published book with a big publisher, um, and also, uh, start on, on a, major TV network. But one of the reasons for doing that is to see how they work and to see if it's a, um, a an industry that's thriving or if the ship's going down. And I can say that that old media is not going to be as relevant uh, a few years from now as, you know, it, probably some random little app that we've never even heard of will be bigger than one of the, the biggest networks out there. And you're already seeing that happen, right? Like that stupid Pokemon Go app came and beat out Twitter in, in days, right? And so that's... Um, that's huge. And we're going to see more and more of that. And it's going to be unsettling for a lot of people. But I think if you try to get there a little bit before everyone else uh, does and figures it out, then you have a huge advantage. I want to talk about taking on new projects. Um, you coach a lot of people around the world. You wrote a book. It became number one. You started a podcast. It became number one in eight different countries. Um, uh, everybody knows you as a fitness guy. A lot of people know you as an entrepreneur. Why do you do all this? <laughs> it's fun, I think, is the biggest reason that I do it. But if you notice something there, there's a pattern, right? I also put out like an album of, of music this past year. And uh, when you have when you hit all those different types of work, the app, the podcast, the book, the TV show, the musical album, it's not like I wrote a New York Times bestselling book. And then I tried to write another New York Times bestselling book the next year and then tried to write another New York Times bestselling book the next year. Right. If you look at a lot of different careers, that's what people are trying to do. But I think it's advantageous to take what you've learned there, see if you want to play there again or if it makes more sense to kind of skate somewhere else to where um, where you might have an advantage and, and someone else might not, um, because they're always is going to be that thing that you can find that's just kind of your 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 tribe your space your home turf uh, and it's probably going to be virtual right uh, a way of connecting people but there's always going to be kind of that perfect way of connecting people uh, for you and so it's all about finding that and doing it and not necessarily banging your head against a wall 
and trying the same thing over and over again, even if you have success there. Focus on the thing that you're most excited about. And if something, if I, like the idea of writing another book right now with a traditional publisher and going through that whole thing is, uh, it doesn't give me energy. So I like to focus on the things that do. So it seems like you have mastered the time management because you have so much going on. Could you give us some actionable tips how to get more stuff done in less time? Yeah, um, use your calendar like a journal for how you spend your time to, to keep yourself accountable. So if you're backdating things, if you don't have it in your calendar and then getting ahead of your calendar to uh, put important things in it, even stupid little things like eating, you know, um, in, in my calendar, in the middle of every day, I have eat to remind myself that I, even if I don't feel hungry at a particular time, like usually I don't eat breakfast, but I'll eat around, uh, noon, sometimes a little later, but on most days, that's, that's what I have there. And I also have walk, you know, like walk the dog, get up, do Qigong. I do, it's like a Tai Chi yoga-ish type mobility movement in the morning. I have that in the calendar. So scheduling out your calendar sounds like it would be relinquishing your freedom, but in fact, it enhances it because you find you have so much more control over your days when you stick to particular things for particular times. And that allows you to build those skills that are really important to you, especially in the morning. So uh, you've probably heard a lot of that. Anyone interested in, in self-help or personal development has heard how important their mornings are and doing their little morning ritual. But that's something I do every single day. And it's it's really important. What time do you wake up? <laughs> well, like I said, I'm an artist, so it's not as early as most people. But uh, I, I try to do it by most mornings around seven. Um, and if I need to sleep, I honor sleep so much. I, I really am a mess if I don't have it that um, sometimes I'll be waking up around eight and it does make it hard going when you're traveling right between time zones. So a lot of times we're, I'm going out to California this week. And so sometimes I'm kind of on California time in Texas. Um, but I think you want to wake up early enough to get your stuff done. And that's been a good um, pattern for me around seven. I like, yeah, everybody's different and everybody has to find a unique approach. Um, Richard Lorenzo, who was on the show a while back, wakes up at 4.30 every morning, or was it 3.30? I can't remember, but insanely early. Abel, what is one thing that you're most excited about today? Yeah, I'm really excited about the next thing that we're doing. And I can't really say specifically what that's going to be, but it's going to uh, exist in the physical space, I, I believe. Um, hopefully by the end of this year, but maybe in, in uh, early 2017. And um, so pretty much everything we've done so far has been virtual and I'm really excited about kind of like taking it to the next level aside from, you know, working with a publisher who puts out a physical book, uh, for example, is, is different. Um, but we want to really build something and we're, we're here to stay. Like I said, I have my business, uh, with my wife and so we work together and we love it. We're dedicated to it and we can't wait to grow. So if you, if you look at what I've done in the past, there are going to be lots more of uh, lots more surprises in the future, and I can't wait to kind of like figure out those new worlds. Before we talk about happiness, Abel, I want to talk about uh, you working alongside with your wife. Um, do you face a lot of challenges because of it, and how does it work for you? <laughs> it's uh, it's wonderful, but I'll tell you what: it can be a challenge working with someone who is also uh, your your wife, your roommate your coworker, all of those things, you need to segment them. And uh, I found, especially as a, uh, as a guy, I think I'm more likely to just separate my emotions from the way that I'm working. 
And so that can definitely be a challenge when you're trying to interact with other people. Cause I'm just like, I'm gunning it. I'm playing poker. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm up in space. I'm not really, um, interfacing with someone's heart, their, their deep emotion. Right. Um, and so that's something that you absolutely need that deep emotional connection with someone who you love, uh, who's, who's your partner, obviously. So you have to be careful and delicate with that. But, um, if you can, if you can arrange that then, uh, and, and work on it over time, then it's one of the best things ever because, uh, you know, we were able to travel together. I hope when we have a family, we'll be able to stay home together or one of us will be, uh, able to be there for, you know, all the things that come up. And, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing and I'm, I'm very thankful for it. And a lot of people I think, uh, want it to happen and you just kind of have to start small and then take that plunge. So first, first way that we started working together is I needed some, help with web work done and she had some experience there and so we were doing a, a website um for an old friend and you know just started by paying her through that salary for that work that you know was kind of an excuse to to give her a little project to do with us to see how it worked and starting that small now you know she's the only other full-time employee of uh of our com company and um really the most important one to me maybe even more important than <laughs> me on most days for sure but uh i mean i had a breakdown yesterday it's always <laughs> it's always a challenge i realized that i have like eight interviews to do today and uh i i have to be totally ready for them but i also had to do like uh a bunch of other things that weren't in my calendar so like all those things bumped into each other and there's physically not enough time or or space and reality for me to be in two places at once so it's it's a constant journey thank you for sharing that abel let's wrap up today's talk with the topic happiness what brings you joy and really makes you happy what a great question that's uh that's by far the question the, the question of the day <laughs> but i would say when you when you realize that you're using your gifts to help the lives of others it doesn't get better than that that's that's when you're in the zone um, it's, it's not doing it yourself. It's not getting anything yourself. It's really in feeling like you're, you're performing your life's work for other people. It's been a great show. Abel, uh, let's end today's show with a bardic piece of guidance from you and the best way to connect with you. Sure. Thank you. Uh, so once again, my name is Abel James. You can find me on, on social media, but the easiest way to find me is at fatburningman.com. That's my website and blog. We have recipes there. You can also find ablejames.com if you want to check out the, the music and some of the entrepreneurial stuff. But uh, Fat Burning Man is also the name of my podcast. So if you're interested in, in health or becoming better in any way, uh, it's really mostly about mindset and, and psychology and, and how to be better every day through those little habits that I totally obsess over. So uh, check those out. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening and thanks for having me. Thank you, Abel, for coming in and sharing your journey with us. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.